1: at Luckylandslots.com. Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group Void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
0: Hello and welcome to a new podcast, The Paddock in the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Steven will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello everyone. I hope you've all had a relaxing Easter. With the flat racing season due to return to Newmarket's Roly Mile course on Tuesday, the 13th of April, I caught up with young Danish jockey Selma Grage, who has just moved yards at the home of racing. Enjoy today's podcast. Go Afton, Selma.
2: Go Afton, Stephen.
0: <laughs> oh, my, my Danish practice worked then. That's good evening. Yeah. <laughs> well, very pleased to chat to you on the paddock and the pavilion. Uh, to start with, how are you?
2: Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. I'm pleased to be here. Um, yeah, doing well. Everything taken into consideration with lockdown and that. Um, now that at least there's a light at the end of the tunnel um, with the with the new season starting this coming weekend. So it's good.
0: And you've started uh, at a new job.
2: Yeah. So last week's Monday, uh, I started working at a new yard in Newmarket at Kevin Philippard Defoy. Um, And it's been a very good week and a half so far. Uh, Very nice team, nice horses, lovely yard and everything. So it's brilliant.
0: And this is down the Bury Road, is that right?
2: No, it's um, on Old Station Road in Newmarket. So it's from the clock tower, you sort of have Bury Road, Old Station Road. So it's it's just the opposite side of, of Warren Hill.
0: And with all the lockdowns, when was the last time you went back to Denmark?
2: That was in September last year when I actually had four rides uh, at my local race course, which was quite brilliant. And then I had an extended week where I I saw my family there, which was great.
0: I wondered when you'd last come back. So you got that short window because I thought if you hadn't gone back then, you probably would have had 12 months without seeing your family.
2: Yeah, no, that's true. I was very lucky to be able to go and race back home, which meant that obviously it was sort of actually a business trip, and I managed to get home a few times when lockdown was kind of eased off, um, which was obviously really nice because otherwise, as you say, it would have been more than a year since I'd seen any any of my family. Um, so yeah, was, and was, that time,
0: and was that the first time? Was that the first time you would ridden in in Denmark?
2: So, yeah, last year I went to Denmark twice uh, to race, ride. Once, or it was basically one of, one of the times was in the summer and one of the times was there in September. Um, the first time I only had two rides and, and then the second time I had four because the rules had changed. So um, the second time I went, it was only professionals that were allowed to ride. Um, or apprentices, you know, working towards getting a professional licence. Um, because usually in Denmark, um, there's a lot of amateur riders and they can ride against the professionals. So to me, that kind of opened up uh, another opportunity, which meant that I've got some more rides, some spare rides, um, which was great.
0: And any winners when you were out there?
2: Unfortunately not. Uh, I had a second and a third uh, and a fourth, I think. Uh, and that was that. Um, but it was very different racing over then. And, and I was just really happy to, you know, go be able to go over and, and see everyone and had a lot of people coming out to watch me race, which was really nice as well. And it was a good experience altogether.
0: Well, good. Well, hopefully you'll get some winners in Denmark. But uh, let's go back to your um, childhood days. I said to my last guest, we had to go back a long time. But in your case, we don't have to go back too long. Uh, no. um, can you just tell us a bit about your own background, your family background?
2: so I started well I started riding when I was three years old with my mum um or well, my mum used to ride when she was young and had a long long break when she well, while she was growing up and Then, when I started riding, she sort of started to pick it up again and um at this time, we were living in the south of Sealand in Denmark, and I started just riding at a normal basic riding school where I think I rode there for about three years, two, three years. And then uh, I started breaking in ponies uh, with my mum and um, it was a good experience. And my, my dad has never really been that much into horses. So he always supported me, but you know, he didn't really have a clue what, what was going on, but was always there anyway, which was nice as well. And, um, yeah, but otherwise it's always been me and my mum sort of doing it. Then while I was breaking in ponies, I the woman I was riding for had some donkeys. And uh, I then started actually just riding donkeys. And I did that for about a year. And I was saying, oh, I'm never going to go back to horses again, <laughs> which obviously I, I ended up doing after about a year where we then had to move to the other end of the country, uh, me, my mum, and, and my brother. Um, and um, then I started there. We found a new place where I could start riding. <clears throat> and um, I got my first pony there, which was a little Shetland pony, little chestnut filly, proper sassy little thing. <laughs> um, but she taught me a lot, and I started doing pony harness racing. And, um, yeah, so we lived there. We had the pony, then we moved out to a farm uh, where we then obviously had space for ponies. And then because I had a pony, my mum needed to get one. <laughs> and then from there, it sort of just went on with more and more horses and ponies and, and whatnot. And, you know, more and more pony racing, uh, which was great as well. Brilliant start to, to get into racing. Um in general, even though it's obviously harness racing, which is different to pony racing over here in England, it was you know a great experience, and I've had some amazing times and race all over um, over Scandinavia and in Norway, Sweden, Finland, and Denmark. So yeah, it's been it's been great. Um, and then
0: harness racing is big in Scandinavia, isn't it?
2: it's very big in scandinavia harness racing is way bigger than thoroughbred racing is um thoroughbred racing we only sort of have from march till october november sometimes uh, which obviously you know we have a few race courses turf race courses which are i think we have four throughout the whole country uh, obviously it's a smaller country as well than england but compared to we have nine harness race courses, um, that go all year round. And, you know, it's, there's a big tradition for that in Denmark uh, and in Scandinavia in, gen- in general. So.
0: And how many um, old drivers, I think they're called, are in a in a harness race?
2: Well, it really depends on the race. It's a bit like thoroughbred racing. Some races, there can be 12 horses, some and drivers, of course, um, and some there can be four. It, it all depends on the actual race. Um, so, yeah
0: must be quite tight uh, because i've i've been myself to gloucester park in perth in australia
2: that's why i knew
0: they were called drivers and i've seen uh harness racing there so it is a bit tight going around the bends isn't it
2: yeah it can be um but obviously because i had done all the pony racing and you do a lot of training before you actually start racing um it's not like you get used to it it's very different from thoroughbred racing though because obviously you've got the two wheels and you sort of have to like you have to be aware that when you you can't just turn you have to like know everything that's going around and you know what's happening um and especially when you're going racing pace it can be very tight and you literally like the wheels are almost touching each other and that and You know, you don't want to do anything wrong there. Um, But no, it's a great experience, really. And even though it's very different to thoroughbred racing, it's taught me a lot towards uh, riding these races in England.
0: So after pony racing and and harness racing in, in Denmark, when did you decide that you wanted to be a jockey and come over to the UK and go to the British racing school?
2: Um so when i was 10 years old i saw a video on youtube uh, from the british racing school about their pony racing summer camp and i was like i need to go there uh, i didn't speak like i could speak a little bit of english but i was like i need to go there and i need to learn english so i can go there in the summer and it's going to be amazing um and Anyway, so I always sort of watched all these videos on on YouTube and, and, you know, dreamed of going to Newmarket. And um, when I was 14, I had to do an internship at work uh, or at school uh, where I had to kind of go out into a workplace. So I rang up this uh, local thoroughbred trainer um, and asked if I could come there for the week and she was like yeah yeah you can come in so I started there started riding out a few thoroughbreds just like in the woods you know hacking around and that and um then after the week she was was like oh can I still come in and she was like "Yeah, yeah you can come whenever you want so I used to go in there every single day I had off in the on the weekends and sometimes after school we would go out riding and um and so I started with that and then slowly I sort of um, started ri- riding for more and more trainers in Denmark. So I started riding Jyllands for one of the bigger trainers there, uh, which was a good experience as well. It taught me a lot. And then the third trainer I was riding for, she, she was, she's lovely. She's the one who's given me a lot of the rides since I've, when I've gone back to Denmark. Um, and she, she was like, oh, you can come and ride out for me. I've just started up as a trainer uh, and we're going to be riding work. And I was like, okay. So I went there, wrote my first piece of work, and it was great. Um, And then when I was 15, because in Denmark you can get your race license when you're 15. So I sent the racing school an email saying, uh, oh, is there any possible chance you have any course in, in the summer holiday where I can come and, you know, just a week or a month or, you know, do you do anything like that they sent me an email back saying you can't do it because you're not 16 yet um so we recommend that you apply for a foundation course and you have to send in your application in september and i was like okay you know if that's how it is um but then that was when i had just done my all my exams in school um and then i had to go to a sort of boarding school it's very different from boarding schools here in England um but I went there for a year um which was a great experience as well but then in September while I was there I um I sent my my application and then I got a reply back saying yeah we've in, we're going to invite you for an interview in December I oh, know in November in the end of November um so, so this is November
0: oh, 2017, I
2: guess. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so then I did that, made a whole portfolio with all my pony racing achievements and uh results and experience with horses, and um then my mum and I went over on a Tuesday, uh in the Tuesday Tuesday morning. I had never been to England before. Um but I've be, been preparing a lot and, you know, really try to do my best and went in there, uh, well, came to Newmarket and I was just amazed by the whole place. Sometimes when you've lived here for a while, you kind of forget how amazing it actually is. Um Like you just get so used to it every, every day with the horse walking around and, and all that. But as soon as I got out of the train, you know, to me, there was just like horse racing everywhere and, there was a sale going on at at the at the time. So there was horse boxes everywhere and there was just, you know, it was just amazing to walk out and on the bins on the high street, there's race horses and there's like shoes, horseshoes in the, in the stones, sort of like a a walk of fame in Newmarket on the high street. And I was just, you know, it was just a a dream really. (laughs) And um, so Wednesday we went to the racing school I was staying out at a, at a hotel in Exling with my mum and when Wednesday morning we then went to the racing school and um I did my test and the next they said okay um you'll get a reply within a week with the results of whether you, you've gotten in or not I was, you know I thought it went quite well but obviously I was a little bit nervous because I wasn't really from England. And um, actually, it's a bit funny, but when I went there, I was planning on just doing the nine-week course and then go back to Denmark and become a a jockey there. But then, um, because one of the trainers from Denmark had given me a reference, I put in her reference that the plan is that she's going to go to uh, the BRS, come back and become a jockey in Denmark. And so they said to me at the interview, they were like, you are aware you have to stay here for at least a year after the course and I was like yeah yeah I know that's just my trainer what she wants me to do that's perfectly fine and my mum had just before the interview said if you know you say whatever you need to say you know like if they if you have to stay that's it and if you do what you need to do so I was like yeah that's fine I came out said to my mum look uh, I'm gonna have to stay in England for a bit longer <laughs> than
1: expected uh-huh.
2: Um, and, of course, she was happy, but she was also a bit, you know, it was a bit of a change in, in what she thought thought she had let me do, you know. Um, and then the next morning I woke up to an email confirming or, or basically saying that I had been accepted onto a course. And um, we had the rest of the day new market before we went home in the evening. And it was just uh, amazing, really. And, and then, then you,
0: came, you came back for the course in... Was it the July, is it?
2: No, I came in August August. in 2018 um, after i had finished boarding school, then summer holiday, and then I went in August. And um, so my mum came over with me and and then I started at the racing school and I was there for nine weeks and it was a great experience really. Um, And even though at the racing school you kind of take some steps back um, compared to what I had been doing, like the first day you trot around in in inside the indoor menage and you know just do rising trot and you do this and you do that and i was like "Hmm, it's very basic but it was good to me because well it was a new country you know even though i was good at speaking english you know i was still picking everything up and It's one thing is being able to speak school English. Another thing is to be able to speak, you know, like. We do do talk
0: quickly as well, the English, don't we?
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, they do. It was like, I would be perfectly fine if I was having like a one-to-one conversation. Um, But sometimes there's this thing in the racing school called the common room where everyone sort of, you know, sits at the break and that. um, And um, everyone would be talking on top of each other, and I would be there like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but oh, yeah. I tried my best, and I picked it up really quick. You know, when you're surrounded by language, you just pick it up. And, yeah, it, I was on a great team, so it was really nice with some really nice teachers, and it was a very good start to get into racing, that's for sure.
0: And you learn a lot at the, the racing school over nine weeks.
2: Yeah, I felt like it, like I did even though I could write before, it was kind of like a reset to like, it was more, um, you know, I don't know. We were just riding every day and, you know, we had teachers with us all the time and it was just, you know, it's quite hard. It's hard work and the rules are hard and the teachers can be quite strict. Like we had really brilliant teachers, but it's also like, you need to do everything correct. And I thought I thought thought it was great. Some people think it's it's a bit of a waste of time, but to me and to the rest of my team, like we had a we made a I made a lot of friends, and and it was just a brilliant start. Um, and we learned so much, not only about riding, but also like racing history. And they also teach you like I had to do maths and English because I didn't have any English exams, um so I had to do them sort of things. And they we they do cooking lessons and uh, money like um, budgeting and all that sort of thing. So,
0: so it's very good grounding, isn't it? It's not just actually riding, is it? No,
2: no, definitely not. There's so much more to it, and I thought it was brilliant.
0: And what did your your mum think to you leaving home and living in in Newmarket, which must, which must be very different to as you said to uh, where you lived in in Denmark. <laughs>
2: Well she never held me back from doing it. My dad was a little bit more against it uh, because I actually didn't didn't ask him before I went. Um or before I went to my interview I kind of just said look I'm going to this interview to maybe get into a racing school in England and he was like oh um well if it was up, he was like oh if it was up to me you wouldn't have gone this and that and I was like well can't really you know and it's my career and, and it's what I dream of doing. So if I need to do it, I need to do it. So, yeah. But my mum was always very, very supportive. And my dad has come over time when he realised that, you know, it wasn't just a little little thing. It was, you know, a big move and, and I actually have turned it into a career. So,
0: Well, it all started with watching YouTube then at 10. And uh, <laughs> you then got a job to start with at Richard Spencer's um, at Sefton Lodge. Was that a good mm-hmm. Did that give you a good grounding?
2: Yes. So I worked for Spencer for about a year, and it was a great start. Um, it's a bit of a bigger yard compared to my last yard, and um, I taught. Oh, uh, I, I learned loads about how racing in England works. You know, riding out. It was great to be on. You know, on Warren Hill and see everyone and. Um, I made loads of friends and, and there was a lot of different horses coming through, which was great. So it was a brilliant start. Um, but obviously to me, because I wanted to become an apprentice jockey um, and at the time he already had a seven pound claimer. Um, so when I got the opportunity to go to Robert Edry's, I, I went forward um, and I really appreciate everything I learned at uh, Richard Spencer's but for me it was time to move on
0: and then uh, soon after you got your apprentice license you had your first ride and also your first win on Tynecastle Park at Southall on the 5th 5th of December
2: 2019 that's right yeah Um, that was so I finished my it's actually a bit so before you get your license you obviously have to go through a license course and to get onto a license course you have to do a pre-license course which is one day where you do a fitness test and riding uh, riding test at either the british racing school or the nhc in doncaster and so i went up to doncaster for my pre-license test um but a week before this i had a fall uh, on the gallops in Newmarket. um <laughs> It was actually my first week at, at Roberts, and um, I hurt my ankle quite bad, so I couldn't walk on it a week before my test. <laughs> and um, I was very, very fortunate to get in contact with the IJF in Newmarket, um, who helped me a lot and, you know, got me ready for the test. And so I passed it, obviously, and got on to the next course, which was in November. Uh, I finished the course, I think it was on the 1st of December or something, and then. The Tuesday, which must have been the second, no, it must have been the third, I got my licence. And on the fifth, which was the Thursday, I rode my first race and it won. Um, So that was a great experience. Um, A really good start, um, which obviously it's a day I'll never forget. So, yeah.
0: And you were riding against professionals in that race because I noticed that David Probit was second and uh, former Grand National winner Graham Lee was also in the race
2: yes um actually all all the races I've won have been in professional races I've never won an apprentice race yet um <laughs> but it's um you know obviously it was amazing to be in in a field like that and, and for me I like the horse he's such a gentleman and I've had two of my winners on him and he loves saddle, and he literally just goes around and you let him do his thing and he he just tries so hard which is all you can ask of a a horse and um yeah he took me over the line first and I just remember crossing the line and hearing my name and tying Castle Park and it's like this is crazy you know (laughs) this is what I've dreamed of doing and and because when you when you're in racing off very often you get a lot of people trying to put you down trying to tell you, oh, you'll never get there, you know, um, or not that you'll never get there, but maybe they were like, oh, you need to learn to walk before you can run and these sort of things. And I was like, hmm, I knew in myself that like in Denmark, I had done way more than I was doing in England. So I was like, I can do these things, but I'm just not able to actually show it to anyone. So for me to have that winner was just, and, and to have Robert believing in me and supporting me as he did was, you know, incredible. Um, and it really, really held me off to a good start.
0: And you were 17 when you won your first race, yeah? Yes, that's right. And three days later, oh, not three, three rides later, you won again on George Thomas.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, that was another great day. So that was on the 21st of December. Um, I had my fourth ride on George Thomas, and uh, he had just come to the yard. Uh, we had bought him for £600 at the sales, you know, um, and I think he was 16 to 1 in that race. No one really expected anything. Robert said, you know, if you beat one, I'll be happy. You know, obviously beat as many as you can, but if you'll beat one, I'll be very happy. So I was like, okay, fair enough. Let's see how it goes. Um, we jumped off, and just he just took me the whole way. And um, it was an amazing day as well, because it was quite unexpected. No one really saw it coming. And to ride an an outsider like that and winning over the uh, likes of Tom Marquand, who was on the favourite in the race. And, you know, Owen Walsh, I think, was second. And it was just uh, incredible, really, um, to sort of follow up uh, from the first win. Because a lot of people had been like, oh, yeah, maybe I won on Tyne Castle Park. But, he is an easy ride and, you know, he sort of was, he was favourite and, you know, he was meant to win that race. But then I came down on an outside and actually, you know, got him first over the line. So that's
0: great. You've been reading my notes, because I put down you beat Tom Marquand down here. Now, uh, you talked about apprentice races. Um, How do they differ from riding against professionals?
2: (laughs) um so
0: careful what you say here yeah
2: yeah <laughs> that's it um personally i really like riding in the professional races because i feel like everyone else sort of really knows what they're doing and what they want to do and also they can sort of often they can help you out if you have anything you need help with or you know you have any questions or anything like that they're just very helpful um and you know, for example, that everyone knows, like a lot of, don't get me wrong, most of the apprentices are really good and, and knows exactly what they're doing with everything. But sometimes it can just, you know, you just know if, if you're in a fully professional race that everyone knows what they're doing, where they are. And, you know, that's kind of um, the biggest difference, I suppose.
0: Now you've had five winners um, in your career do you think your race riding has improved through the, the volume of races you've had now?
2: Oh, definitely. My race riding has improved since I first started. Um, it was a bit tough last year um, because of coronavirus. So um, I was obviously having the winners. I had the two winners in December, then in February, followed up with a Class 3 winner at Sutherland Town Castle Park again. Uh, and shortly after in March, you had another winner on Colwood at Chelmsford. Um, so that kind of meant that I was getting quite a few outside rides and everything was, you know, going really brilliant. And I was kind of getting onto a good roll there. Um, and then lockdown happened. And when racing returned, £7 claimers weren't allowed to ride for a while. Um, sort of, obviously, all the jockeys were in England. Um, so, which of course the racing started back in the summer, so they would have been anyway. But I was very lucky to have Robert giving me the rides he did, because he's been very very supportive. But the horses just weren't kind of quite on the form they were before uh, COVID. So it took us a little while to get a winner, which we got in August with Elsie Violet at Yarmouth, uh, and that was you know finally we we actually got another winner, and then since then last year I think I had 14 seconds with the ones in Denmark um so <laughs> it's it's a bit hard sometimes when you look at that and you see oh five winners but 14 seconds and you just kind of think oh what if they had been winners but it's always going to be like that though you are going to have more places than than you are going to come first over the line so it's kind of it's part of the game but it just makes a big difference because as an apprentice to get rides you need winners but to get winners you need rights so it's it can be quite tough sometimes um and because after lockdown I kind of had to start all over again with riding and outsiders and trainers and everything so it, it was a bit tough when you're then not getting any winners
0: but it hasn't got you down too much you
2: i know definitely not um and especially now i'm looking forward to the new season um i've got a new yard new team new horses and yeah i think it's going to be good you know with um with the upcoming races and obviously there's going to be a lot of races over the summer with five meetings on the saturdays uh, and only well and the jockey's only are allowed to ride at one uh, one meeting a day um, so that I think it's going to help a lot of apprentices out because that means that obviously people can't travel everywhere and ride all of the horses. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it's going to be a good good year, this one.
0: Now, the other thing I was going to ask you, it's um, you sound very, very determined, but it's it's uh, you have to really want to do the job you're doing. Uh, can you let us know what a typical day, I know you just move yards, but you do do a lot of hours, don't you, being an apprentice jockey? Um,
2: you do yeah um, it's more of a whole lifestyle because there's so much more to it um, I usually so I go to work now at my new yard I, we meet in at quarter to six to pull out at six o'clock um, so I wake up ten past five have a cup of tea um, and sit down for a minute and then cycle to work usually um, there quarter to six tack up ride at the moment I'm riding uh five lots every day um so we just go through the morning um after two lots we have a break about 20 minutes half an hour where everyone has a cup of coffee and some breakfast um then we continue till around we usually finish around 12 o'clock uh, every day um and then it's off I usually go home and have some food uh some lunch unless i'm going jockey coaching which i then do before then i go home have some lunch get changed go to the gym i'm at the gym for at least an hour every day um at the moment i'm mainly going to the one um the pedo sullivan house in Newmarket. but before i used to go to race fit a lot but due to covid the rules have changed and it's a bit harder to you know to get in um So, yeah, I really appreciate it. It's a brilliant uh, offer we've got as jockeys to uh, go out there and we have personal training literally every day um, or five days a week at least um, with brilliant PTs. There's physios for us if we need it. There's a nutritionist we can see um, once a week. And, you know, it's just an amazing, you know, opportunity for us and you really have to try and make the most of it.
0: But it, it really is a, a, a way of life, though. As a, as a teenager, you you can't do the things that a lot of your friends and, and, and teenagers can do during the week and at weekends, can you?
2: No, that's for sure. Um, and then obviously all after the gym, uh, at our yard, we have evening stables every second day, which is very nice. So if I have evening stables, I have to be there at six o'clock Uh, no at four o'clock sorry and then it's from four till half five six o'clock where you do up the horses and give them water and feed and all that Um, so and then usually before lockdown I would then go back to the gym uh, for some classes and you know it's it's hard work but we do it because we love it or at least I do Um, it's what I've always wanted to do and you know I enjoy it and even though it's tough and like, for example, I'm not able to go out as much as a lot of other people my age. Um, like, obviously, with lockdown, it's been different. But, like, I, w- I don't really, I don't drink alcohol because it, it's just not, it's stupid. When you're trying to be an athlete, then you can't be going out every weekend doing something like that. But that wouldn't stop me from going out with my friends to Every once in a while, you know, you can still have fun and and enjoy yourself and have a good time. But it's just you know, it's a fine line, and it's just finding what works for you and and you know, doing your best.
0: And also on on a race day, you, the day can be even longer, I guess.
2: Oh, definitely. So, so on race days, it's um, it can be it can be long evenings, especially in the winter time, when obviously you've been at work in the morning. Um, I used to go uh, to the races in the horse box a lot which meant that we would leave very early Um, then so we would drive up to the races get there three hours before the race then race wait another hour for the horse to cool down and and get settled back in and then go back home so it could be some long evenings sometimes um but you know, we do it because, as I said, we love it, and and it's it's what I've always wanted to do. So we're just grateful to be riding, really, and and so so lucky that we've been able to during this national lockdown. Uh, it's actually incredible that we've we've been able to carry on.
0: Yeah, it's a credit to racing, really, that you've still been able to do your job, um, and people like myself have still been able to watch it on the television, which has been a big boost to a lot of people to be able to watch uh, their favourite sports on the television. Um, I've asked this question to several people recently. It might be a bit different from yourself because you've still been able to go to work, but um, is there anything on June the 21st when the world, or in the UK, is supposed to return to some form of normality that you would like to do that you haven't been able to do for quite a long time?
2: Well, yeah, so there's a few things. Um, none of them really have to do with racing of course because no. we're you heard do that cut, I suppose, yeah.
0: um,
2: so I would love to go home um, but that's not going to be on the 21st that's just going to no. be when it's suitable um, and then I, I'm just looking forward to going out for dinner with my friends <laughs> um, having a night out and seeing everyone again um, and not having to worry about everything so yeah, I'm looking definitely looking forward to it.
0: Well, that's not too long to look forward to, is it? So uh, what about short-term ambitions uh, uh, racing-wise?
2: Um, short-term, well, obviously now I've started at my new yard. It's, it's new times. So I just need to sort of, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been race riding. Um, so I'm still waiting for my licence to come through, uh, on, through the BHA. It's taken a bit of a while, uh, unfortunately. Um, it's a bit frustrating with the n- new season coming up this weekend with the big apprentice race, but it's nothing I can do. Um, so, yeah, I'm just hoping to well start riding for for Kevin and hopefully get some winners in again and get some more outside rides and, and just keep going, building up from there.
0: Is that the license coming through? Because you've moved moved uh, yards or.
2: Yes, so um, at the moment it's because the licence has to come through because I've moved yards. Um, I had a bit of a while off as well uh, due to a fall, so I had to get a medical clearance, um, which also then took some time, but uh, that's all come through now. Um, So now we're just waiting for them to send it through to to the new yard.
0: And that, you said, when we were off air, that was... um due to some concussion was that uh, is that dealt with very well and, and feel confident that everything's all right
2: oh definitely so the the bha uh, and the ijf have been brilliant here um so I had a fall uh, in your market um an unlucky fall on some on a, on a concrete path um where i banged my head and passed out and um the ijf because I rung them up, I had a gym session on the day, so I got my housemate to ring them up and say, we're going going to have to cancel. Um, And they sent me a text a couple hours later saying if I needed anything, I should let them know. Um, And then they, you know, I could come out and see them. Um, And the next day they rung me up and um, we're like, oh, just wanted to know how you are and, you know, everything. Do you need, would you like to come out and see a physio? And I was like, yeah, you know, it'll be quite good because I was very sore and my head was not very good. And um, they were like, oh, we have a session now here in half an hour. Can you be there? And I was like, yeah, yeah I'll be there. So I went out um, and they then did a lo- load of tests. So with my head and and, and with my elbow and shoulder. and just kind of then I went out there first the first week I went every second day um and they kept doing these tests um to see how I was progressing with the with the concussion and um the elbow of course but that was a bit different um and then after that week I started coming and we slowly started going into the gym with the physios very steadily and then You know, just everything I started going every day, and we started increasing the work slowly and seeing how the head was reacting to it. And then, after I think two weeks, I was um, I rode out for Kevin for just one morning, um, and we're just seeing how that would go. And then I did a um, you have to so before you get your jockey's license, you do this thing called a baseline concussion test, and a baseline concussion test. Well, you do it while you're still well, because then when you get a concussion, you then do it again. Um After a certain while, they say, OK, now we think you're ready. So you do it again. And then they compare it to the old one to basically see how your head is. Um And so I passed that one and then I had to go and see a neurologist. And I was very lucky that the BHA... Basically, they, they pay for it. Um, so they sent me into London uh, to Harley Street to see a neuro- neurologist there and just for him to clear me and say that he thought I was fine to race right again. Um, and we were also talking about the fact that a lot of jockeys, you know, we get a lot of bangs on the head and a lot of people underestimate the, um, the effect concussion can have on you when because when you keep getting these little bangs on the head it adds up and all of a sudden you have to be really careful what you do um and that's also why I had to have a while off because I had the concussion and they wanted to make sure that you know I could have ridden out earlier but because of that and because it's living animals, you can't really say, oh yeah, I'll just write out. Yeah, it's fine if it goes fine. But if you fall off again, then it can end up really bad. Um, so it's very important with these things to really respect that you've actually heard your brain and you need to take some time off. Um, and I'm very, I was very prone to, you know, I was saying to, to, um, my boss, I was like, oh, I'll hopefully I'll be in tomorrow. The day it happened. Um, it's like, like there's no chance I, I could have done it um, because it's just, it's just stupidity really you know um, you have to really try and look after yourself and even though it's hard sometimes to, to do so um, because as jockeys we feel like we're missing out or and things like that so you know it's it can be tough, but you really do have to just look after your body um, to make it last longer and, and hopefully you can have a good career that lasts a good few years so yeah
0: well thank you for that. It's very interesting. It shows how serious the sport is taking it, which is very important and, and how serious you you took it yourself and sort of medium to long term what what um, what do you want to get out of uh, the sport you obviously dreamed of doing?
2: Well obviously, I would want to become a professional jockey. <laughs> There's still ninety winners to go, so it'll it's a little while but um now the the thing is at the moment I'm focusing on on getting some more rights um, again um in the new season, getting some more winners, then losing my seven pound claim um and moving down through through the claims that, that way down through the fives to the three, and then yeah you know see where it goes hopefully i would love to go uh, abroad um as well at some point just to, you know maybe just for a month or a couple of weeks just see some different places which would be great or even if i could get the opportunity to, to race ride in some other countries it would be amazing as well
0: well thank you for that and thank you very much for joining me on the paddock and the pavilion the best of luck for the new season and hopefully see you in newmarket not too soon
2: I'm sure you will. I'm sure. You will. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and now on Instagram at the Pad and Pad. Don't forget,
0: if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network